Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now, you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Angel Investing Informative. If you are unable to listen and would like to get the links, you can find them on YouTube and Facebook, as well as podcasts posted to iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Harlan Hammack is a highly respected and sought after business and leadership coach. He specializes in helping business owners turn common sense into common practice by systematizing their business, improving employee engagement, and building world-class teams. Coach Harlan delivers actionable, measurable solutions that guarantee quantifiable results. With over two decades of impeccable management consulting, leadership coaching, speaking, and hands-on business experience, Harlan's insights and expertise are second to none. So Harlan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Candy. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you. I'm looking forward to our discussion. But before I get into the questions that I have for you, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your background and how you even got into coaching for leadership. Well, I was a management consultant for about 25 years um, in the area of organizational change and organizational change management. So working with companies that were undergoing some major change, uh, merger acquisition, a process re-engineering, restructuring of the business, I would work with the executive team to help them understand the change and then communicate the change and lead their people through the change. My goal was to get the, their employees to be as productive during and after the change as they were before. And the part that I really enjoyed most was working with the leaders to help them become stronger leaders, better communicators, uh, and really understand how to connect with their employees. So after 25 years of getting on a plane every Monday and every mm. Friday, 
I decided, you know, I kind of like to take some time off. So I decided I wanted to stay closer to home and uh, start coaching. And so mm-hmm. I've been coaching uh, small to mid-sized businesses around the Atlanta area for about five years now. Okay, great. So is there like a specific area of coaching you went into first before leadership or was this the one that you knew this is it, this is what I'm going to do? Well, it's, it's all part of leadership. Um, mm-hmm. But my background, I had a lot of manufacturing type background. I worked for a lot of companies in the manufacturing area. So working with companies to help them put in processes and systems, um, like you said, during the intro, the, the systematizing their business to make it measurable and repeatable and scalable, mm-hmm. you know, that's important for all businesses. For sure. So we'll come in and talk to them kind of about, you know, what they do, how they do it, how we can streamline those processes, document them. A lot of businesses don't have their processes documented and then teach the employees so that everyone is doing everything the same way. So mm-hmm. that way it's a lot more, you know, expected results and you know how to, how to measure and, and schedule and forecast things. Mm-hmm. That's important for sure. I mean, I have employees too, and I know we are trying to make sure that we always have a standard process, you know, SOPs in place so that everyone knows this is how we do this. And if someone can't do their job because they're on vacation and something comes up, another person can always step in. So that's super important to have. Yeah. And like we said, the, you know, um, making the common sense common practice, right? Right. Because just because you know how something works doesn't mean everybody's going to do it the same way. It's almost like having a recipe. If I have a a recipe for a chocolate cake Mm -hmm. and I follow the recipe, I come up with an expected result, a chocolate cake. If if you give that to 20 people, you come up with 20 almost identical chocolate cakes. But if Mm -hmm. somebody ends up with banana bread or Mm -hmm. sugar cookies, either they didn't follow the recipe or they were given the wrong recipe. So it's easy to identify what went wrong. If everybody's doing things their own way, you don't know what to improve or or where to even start. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So I know you have your business name is IB4E. So where does that come from? Well, as you probably learned in school, I before E except after C. And if you keep that mnemonic in mind, spelling American English words, um, 90, 95% of the time it works out correctly. Mm-hmm. Same thing in business. If, if you do things in the, in the right order consistently, 90, 95% of the time things will work out right. Mm-hmm. So we try to help businesses understand these are the things you must do consistently and, and do them in the right order. That's a great point. Like it makes total sense when you hear it like that too, right? It makes <laughs> I before you accept after C. <laughs> so that's a great way to help people remember even too. Like you sure. said, it's not always 100%. It's going to be that way, but most of the time, at least that's it gets you close. Work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you then actually get into this leadership courage? I mean, I know you said you didn't want to fly anymore and you kind of decided to start your coaching business, but mm-hmm. you could have done any type of business too. So why leadership? Well, I, I, I think, the world needs more leaders. I think mm-hmm. we need good leaders. And I think one of the, one of the jobs of a leader is to create more leaders, you know, mm-hmm. not more followers. We have enough followers. So I want the leaders to be as strong as they can to be able to communicate uh, effectively. And I was working with a couple of clients and their businesses are growing and yet they were having struggles kind of uh, working with their employees or engaging with their employees the employees would do something wrong and they would kind of let it go. They let it slide. Mm. Well, that sends a wrong message to the rest of your employees. So I was trying to talk to them about how to be stronger leaders, how to be more courageous and, and take those steps that they really need to take. And as I was researching, I found some really great articles that talked about the courage to lead. What does it mm-hmm. take to be a courageous leader? 
and there are different types of courage that we use on a, a personal level and, and a professional level on, on a daily basis. We don't really think about it as being courageous, but when you really, really get down to talking about it and looking at the particulars, you realize this is something that you can choose to be more courageous mm-hmm. or you can kind of cower away from it a little bit. And so I'm trying to teach my clients to be a lot more courageous in their dealings. It does take courage. I know I'm the kind of personality too, that I don't necessarily like conflict. And so I can see where it would be easier. Like that example that you just gave where you're like, "Hmm, well, that's not such a big deal. Maybe I'll let it slide. But then you're like, no, you can't. Right. (laughs) You know, but having that courage to to face it. Yeah. They, you know, want to be friends with Mm -hmm. their employees and that's fine up to a certain point, but you have to remember that you're, you know, the boss, you're the leader. You have to take that leadership stance. And it's, it's one thing like the empathetic courage is, is understanding on a a personal level, what an employee may be going through, Mm -hmm. but then being able to reinsert yourself as the boss and say, look, I I understand you're struggling and I'm with it. I'm here for you, but I really need you to step up and do X or Y. Mm -hmm. It, It takes that courage to, understand and and work with them, but then also to reinsert yourself as the leader. Right. Being empathetic, but at the same time, realizing you still have a company that has to run and you have employees that are looking up to you. Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that's the Mm -hmm. other thing that can happen is by letting, if you get too much involved with that one employee, you might start making decisions that could impact others. Right. You have to stay on course, drive your business the way you, you need to let them know that you understand but that you need them to really step up and, and do their part. Right. So you hinted at different types of leadership. So can you cover what those are? Yeah, we've all, I mean, when you think of courage, you think of physical courage, mm-hmm. right? There's spiritual courage, which I don't go into too much because that's on a real personal type level. But in business, there's uh, intellectual courage, the courage to know that maybe your long-held beliefs aren't right, where they're not the best way to do things. You know, there are better, newer information out there. So always being willing to learn, even if it's something you learn from your employees, your subordinates, Mm. you know, I don't know the best way to do this. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So being courageous enough to let go of your beliefs and listen to them. Um, Empathetic courage. We covered there's uh, disciplined courage where you put together a plan and then follow that plan, even though there's shiny objects around, you know, like a lot of businesses will see, well, maybe I should get involved in that product or that latest fad. You have to stick to your, your plan, make a plan and, and work that plan, right? Mm-hmm. So having the discipline to, to do that. Um, and social courage, moral courage, there's, there's time to stand up for things. You know, mm-hmm. some people think that's wrong, but they won't step forward and say anything or do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the social courage, the saying what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, like we were saying earlier, working with an employee, if they do something, you have to correct that behavior right away so that it doesn't impact everybody else. But having the courage to say what needs to be said when it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. So they're courage that we all tap into, you know, from, from time to time. But as a leader, you really need to be aware of it and, and when you need to step up. So if you're talking about like leadership courage, and you just mentioned, you know, these different areas you know, in business, you might see some more than others, but do you really like focus on all five at some point, or is it more one or two that you're really seeing a lot and having to, you know, lead with courage in those areas? Like, what do you see in general for businesses? Usually in businesses, we'll talk about them, 
right? But usually they have one or maybe two areas that they really kind of struggle with. So the intellectual courage um, had one client a couple of years back that his way was the only way. And it's mm. like, you know, there, there are better ways to do these things. He goes, yeah, but this is the way I'm used to doing it. I've done it this way for 20 years. This is what I know. And he, he felt that if he said, I don't know, mm. that it made him weaker somehow, right? So teaching him that it's okay to learn new things and you want your employees to be able to feel like they're a part of the business and they're contributing. So mm -hmm. ask them for their help, you know? Um, right. So that's usually an area we'll work with. And then the other one is the, like I said, the, the social courage, saying what needs to be said. You want to be friends with your employees. That's fine. But when something needs to be said, you need to step into that role as a leader right. and say it. Mm -hmm. So for the intellectual courage too, where you were saying, you know, that example where, you know, someone didn't want to appear weak. I think if people just realize that, like you said, technology can change or systems can change or different things. So you need to be able to be open to it. And I know, you know, there's always been that saying, well, well, this is how we've always done it, you know, and just like you're saying, being okay with saying, you know what, that might've been the way we've always done it, but that maybe isn't efficient anymore, you know, and what can we do? Like, I think even getting feedback from the people who are doing the job all the time, because they probably have ideas of what can be done to make it more efficient and getting their input would even help them buy into it even more. If you are changing it and supporting the leader, I would think. Absolutely. Know. They usually they're down in the trenches. They're doing the job. They know if something is efficient or not. If you ask them for their input, number one, it gives them a sense of ownership kind of in mm -hmm. that process. They'll follow their process and they'll make sure that their, um, their peers will follow that process a lot more. And like I said, building that sense of ownership in the business, not only are you an employee, but you also helped make that business better. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it builds every, everybody. And that's mm -hmm. really, like I said, what we want to do as a leader, we want to build other leaders within the business. Mm -hmm. And by turning this over to the employees and say, Hey, you know, this better than I do. How can we improve this? Uh, right. You'll see the lights come on in their eyes and yeah, they're in. And I think that helps you even identify the own, the leaders in your own company that are potential, you know, that could be supervisors at some point or something, because you're seeing the people who are thinking through those processes and what could be done differently as well. Exactly. And that's what I try to do with my clients is if, if they're working 40, 50, 60 hours, like their employees are, then really what they have is a job. They don't really mm -hmm. have a business. I want them to be able to delegate to not just to get things off their plate, but to teach their employees how to run the business for them so they can back off a little bit, you know, cut their hours back 20 mm -hmm. hours a week, get involved in, in the selling of the business or growing the business rather than the day-to-day -day tasks. And you can only do that if you can delegate the, those tasks to the employees. Mm -hmm. Well, I think sometimes people are afraid, like if I delegate, it's not going to be done the right way. And so I have to do it. But, and then that's why you wear 20 hats because you mm -hmm. have to be the salesperson and the HR person and, you know, the president of the company. And right. so I think that probably still comes back to your intellectual courage you were talking about and being willing to let go and realize someone may not do it exactly the way you would anyway, but that doesn't mean it's not correct. Or if it is done incorrectly, you know, based on what you think, you know, having that discussion and saying, well, this is why this needs to be done in this manner or something. But yeah, if you're trained to run a company and do it all yourself <laughs> pretty yeah. soon. No. I think you, yeah, you just need to be clear. This mm -hmm. is the result we're after. This is the outcome that I want. Right. Give them the parameters and let them work within the parameters. And then mm -hmm. 
you know, praise them. You got this done. Next time, let's try this. Or, mm -hmm. you know, okay, that worked, but maybe it wasn't as clean. How about trying something else? Get them to, to try, right? We learn more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. Mm -hmm. Let them make the mistakes. It's like uh, when your kid learning to ride a bicycle, they're mm -hmm. going to fall. You're not going right. to stop them from falling. If you do, they'll never really learn how to, how to ride on their own. Same with your employees. Here's the goal, get it done. And then talk to them afterwards. What did you learn? What could you have done differently next time? And they'll learn, they'll get better at it pretty soon. They'll be more efficient than you ever were. Right. And then, like you said, your company can grow. I mean, if you're not willing to have, you know, other people in there that can step in and, and help, you're kind of stagnant in where you're going to be with your company. So if you want to exactly. continue, you know, to grow, you need to be able to have, you know, different levels of leadership at some point. Yep. Absolutely. So obviously we talked, there's, you know, these five or six different, you know, areas of courage. Um, and I'm sure it might be, I don't even know if it's based on personality type two or kind of what, but I'm sure that there are some that are easier for some people and then others might be easier for, you know, a different set of people. So do you see, you know, where there's like, it's easy to identify maybe in some people, like where certain types of courage are easier for others versus, you know, not so easy, or is it just learned traits in general? Like, you know, what do you see in regards to having these different types of courage? Yeah, it's, it's almost different with each person. It depends on what their circumstances are. Some people are very open to learning new things. I have one mm -hmm. client that reads every book that comes out, watches yeah. videos, listens to podcasts. He's constantly learning and he'll call up and say, how do I apply this in my business? Mm -hmm. And then you have other people, like I said, that are stuck in their, their ways. So they don't want to listen to anything new or different. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to be an area that's kind of split. A lot of people... Uh, especially with the things that are going on in the world nowadays, the moral courage. It's mm -hmm. like, I know that's wrong, but I don't want to put myself on the line. Mm -hmm. I don't want to step out and, and either um, physically put myself in danger or uh, my business mm -hmm. by, by stepping up and, and saying something about it. So that's an area that, you know, takes some, some time with people to really work through it. Um, but those seem to be the two biggest areas. Some of the other areas of courage, the empathetic courage, people think that they're pretty good at that. I guess it's kind of like driving. I think I'm a great driver. I don't know that I am all the time, but people think they're really good at something. And right. so once in a while, we'll have to say, well, in this particular situation, what, were, what was your goal? And could you have done that a little differently, you know, to mm -hmm. try to get them to learn? But generally speaking, yeah, the moral courage, I think is, is I think a little bit easier for people. They know that it's something that they, they should be more engaged in. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think... Sometimes I, I would just think, you know, I know there's some people that they want to be liked, you know, by people or whatever. So I would think sometimes that might be harder for them. Like they might have that conflict of, yes, I know it's wrong and I should say something, but I want people to like me, you know, that yeah. might be a struggle, you know, for yeah. somebody in that kind of area. And I've had people who have risen up through the company and now they're in a leadership position, but they still feel like they're buddies. You know, and that transition from buddy to boss is mm -hmm. difficult sometimes. Um, so the the learning when to to take that stand as a boss and and when it's okay to be just a you know a comrade, I guess, right, is uh is tough. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. yeah, so important to like I said, continue to develop those skills and and realize we're not going to be perfect all the time either. You know, but if we're striving to do the best that we can, you know, that's important. But I was also thinking, 
would you ask somebody for feedback, you know, especially like, let's say on the empathetic courage, like maybe saying to someone like, you know, I think I come across this way, but how do you actually perceive our interactions to get that feedback and see if you're really where you think you are? I think that'd be great. Uh, that's a, its own level of courage, you know, mm-hmm. to ask for the feedback. That's not always easy to hear. Um, with some companies, we will do 360 feedback where we'll ask the leader, how do you rank yourself on these different areas? And then we'll go to their employees, their peers, and ask them, how do they do on these different mm-hmm. areas and, and try to get that. Um, it's not always easy to hear, but if you have somebody who really, really wants to improve, then they'll, they'll be open to that and take mm-hmm. that criticism and they'll, they'll try, you know, how can right. I do this differently? And I think that's a good question for all of us. Talk to people, you know, if I crossed the line, what could I have done differently? How could I have made that a better, mm-hmm. whatever comment or, or, you know, uh, a better decision? How could I have done that better? You know, if we can do that just in our own personal lives and in business, I think we'd all be a lot better off. Right. And I think sometimes when you have that conversation, you know, if an employee thinks, well, you know, you were kind of mean in this situation, which mean is, you know, kind of their perception, which it just might've been, they just had to say, I need this task to get done, you know, and we have tasks to have, you know, that have to be accomplished today or something. So it may have just been that like a to-do type thing and nothing that was supposed to be mean, but at the same time, then if the employee is perceiving something in one way, as the boss, you could still explain like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, it came across that way, but this is why, you know, it had to be done this way. So that at least it helps the employee understand maybe why that process has to be that way. And it's not that we're trying to be mean or that we don't like you or something, but this is just, we're up against a deadline or these are things that have to be done. So I think it probably helps them with their own perception because you don't necessarily know what your employees are thinking unless you have that conversation. That's true. And that's one reason I, I talk to my clients about documenting their HR policies. Mm-hmm. So there's no question, you know, you can pull out the paper and say, read through this. This is what is expected. How did we get off, you know, from that? How do we get back to this? Or if, if the employee does something that goes against company policy, you can point back to the policy and say, it's in writing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there. I know it's there. It makes it a little bit easier. If, if nothing is written down, and the employees see you acting one way and another employee acting a different way. They're not sure what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a harder conversation to have than to call them in, into, into line, make sure everything is documented. So there is mm-hmm. no question. Right. Yeah. I think like you're saying, a lot of it comes back to just documentation, standard operating procedures, you know, having everyone know what to expect, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it makes it just easier. And then maybe you don't have to have as much courage on a day-to-day basis because everyone knows what it is. Um, And you don't have to feel, especially if you're somebody who is afraid of that conflict or wants to be liked or something, and you're feeling if you're stepping out, you know, they're not going to like you. If everyone knows what those expectations are, then it eliminates your need to have to have that conversation. Yeah. But we all like to know what is expected of us and what can we expect in return? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a conversation you don't want to have just on an annual basis or only when you hire an employee, you want to have those conversations regularly, you know, Mm -hmm. um, let them know what's expected, praise them when they do something right. Uh, And we always say, you know, praise in public, but punish in private. If you Mm -hmm. have to call them on the carpet for something, do that in private away from everybody else. So they save face, they can go back and make whatever corrections they need to without, you know, being, 
look like they're they're you know someone bad right, right. Um, but praise in public let let everybody know hey this person really did a great job on this you know and applaud them for that mm-hmm. and you'll see the results you'll see the return on that you know well with so many people now having to work remotely and you know we'll see as things open up maybe some people will be going back to the office you know and working like they did prior to the pandemic but mm-hmm. assuming that people aren't and they're still working from home a lot how would you recommend then, like you're saying that praise in public, you know, or, you know, criticize in private, which is easier if you're on a Zoom one-on-one call. But right. if you wanted to offer that praise to an employee where others know, like, hey, this was, you know, this is a great job that, you know, Joe did, you know, how would you recommend that they handle that then? I would, if you're having uh, regular meetings, mm-hmm. a lot of companies are doing regular Monday morning meetings, maybe a Friday, you know, wrap up type meeting. Uh, have a, a section in the meeting where you can praise your employees, but then also allow them to say, Hey, I want to do a shout out for so-and-so, you know, mm-hmm. Kenny did a great job on this or whatever. Allow that time. So everybody kind of knows that that's coming up and mm-hmm. use that time. And, you know, and we, we talk also about currency. Every, every employee has something that's important to them. Some people mm-hmm. want money. Some people yeah. want time off. They want recognition. Some people just want a simple post-it note. Mm-hmm. you know, kind of slip to them on the, on the sly or pat on the back, find out what their currency is and then try to reward them that way. It'll mean a lot mm-hmm. more to them. You know, yep. I, I remember in some of the clients that I work with, you know, you see people's cubicles are just wallpapered with certificates <laughs> and, uh, you know, awards and everything like that. That's what they like. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's the way you want to reward them, but not everybody's that way, but find out what they like and then make sure you have a, a special time during the meeting to, uh, to call attention to it. Right. So obviously that also used to be a little bit easier when you were together, seeing each other working on a day-to-day basis, or like you said, seeing their cubicle. Um, but if people are working from home a lot now too, how would you recommend that a supervisor learn that without having to necessarily come right out and say, do you like money or do you like time off? <laughs> you know, like, how would you recommend that? Well, hopefully the supervisors are having one-to-one conversations mm-hmm. with the employees and just make it part of, you know, checking in, how are things going? You know, how's it? How are you doing working remotely? Is that working out for you and stuff like that? And, oh, is that your dog? What kind of dog do you have? Make mm-hmm. it personal. Kind of get in to, to get to know them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe talk to them about, hey, you did a really, really good job on this the other day. I hope I didn't embarrass you when I called it out in the meeting. Was that acceptable? Was that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you like to be rewarded in the future? Is that something, you know, is that okay to keep doing it that way? Or would you prefer, you know, some other way? Mm-hmm. Some people just, like I said, want just a little note just between you and them you know, a little thumbs up. You did a great job. Other people want that recognition in front of their, their colleagues. So mm-hmm. yeah, just, just bring it up in casual conversation, ask them about it. You don't yeah. want to assume, you know, that's you never right. want to assume. That's right. Exactly. So are there tips that you would offer to, you know, someone in leadership, you know, for just on the, on a day-to-day basis or what they could do to run their company better in terms of having this courage? Hmm. Well, uh, to me, intellectual courage is one of the most important, I think, for a leader. Mm-hmm. Always know that there are new and, and better ways out there um, and be open to it. You know, uh, read books, listen to, to books, listen to podcasts, um, ask questions of, of peers, you know, get into a, a peer type group, a mastermind type group, get into a, a networking type group where you can uh, deal with other 
uh, people in leadership positions and, and talk to them about things you might be struggling with, but understand mm-hmm. there, there are new ways to do things, you know, mm-hmm. and always be on the prowl for that. Um, but then the other areas it just, it really depends if, you know, thinking something that maybe taking a moral stand, if you think of something, but you don't actually act to mm-hmm. me, that's not really courage. Courage right. is the action, right. That you want to take. So if you think of something and you just don't have the the guts to stand up, or you're afraid what the impact is going to be on your business, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. You know, if you have a, a peer um, or, or somebody in your network that you can say, Hey, I, I kind of struggling with this, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think I should do? Or how could I do this differently? That's so important. I think, especially when we are running companies kind of on our own and we don't necessarily have someone else in the company to really be able to go over that information by having, whether it's a coach, you know, a mentor, you know, the mastermind group, a friend, you know, something just to be able to say, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I was thinking. What do you think? You know, and getting that feedback, I think is really helpful. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's lonely. You know, you heard that old saying is lonely at the top. When you're the boss, when you're making all the decisions and you're taking all the weight of the world on your shoulders, it can be lonely, you know, mm-hmm. but find somebody, find a mentor, find someone uh, that is, is in the same position, maybe struggling as you are and share, you know, mm-hmm. you'll be helping them as much as they're helping you. Yep. And you build that trust that you can share all kinds of things with each other and, you know, become, I mean, I, I've been in a mastermind group for years with a, a core group of people and we support each other through all kinds of things and not just brainstorming situations, but sometimes life things come up or whatever too. And it's oh, really yeah. great to have that group that you could depend on. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yeah. In our mastermind, we have a, what we call the hot seat mm-hmm. where somebody will sit in the hot seat and say, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with this decision and we'll weigh the pros and cons and everybody gives their input and you can see the person feel like, Oh, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has struggled. So it's not just me. Cause I right. think that's the other thing is, you know, you hear somebody doing something and you think, wow, why didn't I know about that sooner? Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's a great way to, to learn. Sure. Right. It's kind of like a new mom or whatever too. Right. And you think you're the only one that has ever gone through like this thing or, or no one else probably has gone through, you know, this. And <laughs> then you talk to someone and everyone is like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we've had issues like that too. So it's the same thing with business owners. You know, you might think you're the only one struggling with figuring out your pricing or figuring out, you know, different things and, or dealing with the employee situation where, like I said, you need to have courage and you need to tell them like, Hey, your start time is 9am. You can't mm-hmm. come at 9 15 every day, you know, or something exactly. and having that, you know, courage. So, um, exactly. I know we just hinted about mastermind, but I believe that you do have an offer that you would love to share with our listeners. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I would love to share that. I, like I said, I have a mastermind group. It's called the business success mastermind. Um, we meet weekly and it's a bunch of CEOs who get together and kind of talk about what they're struggling with, uh, things that they, we start off with successes to make sure everybody, you know, starts mm-hmm. off on a high note things we're struggling with. And then there's always a, a coaching element too, where we'll go through whether it's financials, it, it may be on hiring employees or retaining mm-hmm. good employees, things that businesses struggle with. Um, and so the thing I like about the mastermind group is that we're all there to help support each other and grow each other's business. You mm-hmm. know, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're there to try to lift everybody up. So yeah, the mastermind group, business success mastermind. And uh, there, you can get more information about it on my website. Uh, the website is ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. Perfect. 
And do you have any other ways you'd like people to connect with you if they would like more information? Um, sure. They can reach me. There's a contact page on my website um, or you can email directly. Uh, my email is coach at ib4e.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Coach Harlan, for being my guest and talking about leadership courage. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Yeah, thank you very much. This has been awesome. It's always fun to have these conversations. And, you know, my goal with this podcast is to really just help educate business owners in all different aspects. And I know having courage is one of those things that we all need. So I'm so glad that you shared your feedback. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Sure. I want to also thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it helped answer some of the questions you have regarding your courage to lead. If you have any other questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Harlan at the link that he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share the show information with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. Be sure to tune in next week for another important discussion. And remember, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can also find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.